Georgia. It's 8.30 and time once again for the Bible Broadcast with Evangelist Keith Allison. Well, greetings, friend, and welcome again to the Bible Broadcast. This is Keith Allison. I am doing the work of an evangelist out of Demarest, Georgia, and I would like to welcome you to the Bible Broadcast. I would like to say that today's program is sponsored by Keith Allison Ministries, and our ministry is a faith-based, listener-supported ministry here in Demarest, Georgia, and uh, I'm just grateful and I uh, thank the Lord for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you again uh, on these uh, radio stations that we're currently on. And if you are a first-time listener, I just want you to know how much we appreciate uh, you listening to the Bible broadcast, and I trust that, uh, that the broadcast will be a blessing and a help to you, and I trust that God will uh, speak to all of our hearts as we open up the good word of God. Let me encourage you to go to my website. It is KeithAllisonMinistries.com. That's KeithAllisonMinistries.com. And on my website, you'll see these radio stations. Uh, they are listed there, the radio stations that I am on. And uh, I trust that you'll look at those. You'll see the books that I have written. And you can order those books from my website. And I trust that they'll be a help to you in your Christian walk with the Lord. And then you'll see a short-term itinerary. Uh, my wife usually keeps about uh, two months or so posted uh, out on the website. And, of course, there's more meetings posted uh, as they come in uh, during that time. But you can check out our schedule. And if I'm in an area to where you can come and be with us in a church service, then I would be honored to meet you and uh, be glad to have you at the house of God. Again, we're just so thankful that the Lord's given us this opportunity to study the good word of God. And uh, I know that, uh, uh, that uh, all of us are busy, but I'm thankful that you're giving me this opportunity, whether you are at home or in an automobile or or in a place of, of work, business, I'm thankful that you'd listen uh, to this Bible broadcast. I've been on the air, uh, I've been on the radio since 1984. Now, that's been a long time ago, and God's been faithful over the years, and I certainly appreciate those that help us financially. As I said a moment ago, this broadcast is supported by love offerings of our listeners and uh, I have a few supporting churches that help us, and we're so grateful for that. But I would love to hear from you. So at the end of the broadcast, I'll be giving you the website again. That's KeithAllisonMinistries.com. And uh, you can go to my website, fill out the submission form, and you can email me uh, from that information. And then uh, you can call me all right, and we'll be giving you that information. It's always a blessing uh, to know who you are and where you're at as you listen uh, to the good word of God. All right, last time, last week, we started a two-part message in the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 38. And I'm going to have to back up and recap just a little bit in order to... Uh, kindly pull us all together. I know some of you may have not heard last week's broadcast, and so uh, I am dealing with Ezekiel chapter 38, 
and then we'll look a little bit in chapter 39 as I bring this to a close. But I want to say this to preface the message uh, that we have been witnessing for about two months now of uh, the war between Russia and Ukraine. And I don't know what's going to happen, and probably nobody else does either. We do not know if Russia will expand and go into other countries or whether Russia will be defeated in this conflict. We just don't know. But I want you to understand, and this is the main point, I want you to understand that regardless of what happens right now, then whatever happens now, it does not nullify nor does it alter what God says is going to happen according to Ezekiel 38 and 39. Now, I did say this last week that this military invasion that is recorded for us in Ezekiel 38, that it has not happened yet. There has never been a an invasion in time past uh, of a coalition of these particular nations that are that are listed uh, where they come down against the land of Israel. This has just not happened. And so it is not history, but it is prophecy. And uh, we're going to look, uh, last week, we looked, number one, at the identity of these nations. In Ezekiel 38, he said in verse number two, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And then in verse number five and six, he says, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togomara of the north quarters, and all his bands, and many people with thee. So this is a, a coalition or an, a group of nations that will uh, ally themselves together and come down uh, into the land of Israel in what the Bible refers to as the latter days. Now, without going back into the detail, I did point out that the land of Magog is identified as the land area that we know of as Russia today. So Ezekiel was writing this down over 2,500 years ago, and so the people of Magog would be, in our day, it would be modern Russia. And then Persia, in verse number 5, an ally to, to uh, Magog, a Persia changed its name to Iran, in 1935, and isn't it amazing that 20, 2,500 years, over 2,500 years since Ezekiel wrote this, uh, God is showing us how these prophecies are being fulfilled. In other words, Iran and Russia are allies today. Some 2,500 years after this was written, uh, Russia is one of the greater supporters of the country of Iran and then Ethiopia, and then Libya. Both of these are, are, are nations on the African continent, uh, the Sudan uh, and, and the Arabic African nations of North Africa. 
And then Gomer is identified today as the lands that we know of as Germany, possibly part of Ukraine. Isn't that interesting? Possibly part of Ukraine. And then to Garma in verse number six uh, is the land that we know of as Turkey. So here we have Magog, which is Russia, Persia, which is Iran, and then off the African continent, Ethiopia and Libya, and then there in Europe, Germany and Turkey, and he said, and many people with thee, which could include other groups, they're going to ally themselves with, with Magog, or as we know of it, as Russia, and come down against the land of Israel. Now, I, I, again, you need to go back and listen to last week and if you want a copy of this CD, then please let me know and I'll put it in the mail for you if you'll help pay for the CD and the postage, amen. But let me say, so we identified last week the nations. We identified these nations and then after all these years uh, to see especially Iran and Russia as they are mentioned here in Ezekiel 38 uh, standing as allies today. And then we look, number two, at the time of this invasion. And this is where I was dealing with when I had to go off the air last week, the timing of this invasion. He said in verse number seven, be thou prepared, talking to Magog now, be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. So it's going to happen after Magog's preparation, after uh, her preparation. And I want to say this, that as I said last week, uh, that in World War I, Russia had to surrender to Germany. Uh, and then in World War II, uh, Russia just about uh, was overtaken by Germany again if it had not been for a severe winter that drove the German army out of Russia, they couldn't supply it, their equipment froze up, the soldiers were freezing to death, and they had to leave. And so uh, after World War II, we saw the rise of Russia as a world superpower, and it's almost as if they were listening to the call of God to prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee. Now, I know that the Soviet Union collapsed in 1991. The Soviet Union was made up of 15 uh, different uh, republic nations there, and Russia was the largest, and ironically, uh, Ukraine was the second largest. And so, when the Soviet Union collapsed, uh, it has been the desire of the Russian leaders since then to reunify and to bring back into their clutches some of these nations that they one time controlled. And so in verse number seven, as I pointed out last week, that Magog is seen as being a guard under these other nations. And as I said, we know that Russia has been supplying Iran with money and arms. We know that uh, Russia has 
helped the country of Syria throughout their civil war and actually has a military base down there. So 20, oh, almost, almost 2,600 years ago, over 2,500 years ago, God was saying that Russia would be the larger of these nations that she has umbrellaed under her uh, in this final uh, advance toward Israel. Now, again, I don't care what happens over there right now. It's not going to change Ezekiel 38. In other words, Russia could be defeated and sent home in defeat. Amen. But it, it's still not going to change Ezekiel 38. But I do believe that what Russia is doing now, seeking to expand and seeking to go southward, is part of the plan and the processes that will bring about the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38. Again, I'm not saying that what is going on today is the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38. I don't think the time is right, but I am saying that what is going on, it has an indirect bearing on Ezekiel 38 because it shows us the mindset of the Russian uh, uh, leaders and their desire for expansion, and I'm going to deal with that here in just a few minutes. So the time of this invasion, number one, is after Magog's preparation. They, they've risen to power. And then he said, and after many days thou shalt be visited in the latter years. He uses that phrase, latter years, that is indicative of the last days for the nation of Israel. I believe this would be during the time uh, of the day of the Lord, which I believe the day of the Lord is that time period following the rapture of the church. It, it covers the tribulation period, that 70th week of Daniel, as well as the kingdom age. So this invasion is going to take place in what the Bible refers to as the latter years. And then thirdly, we see that it's going to have to take place after that the Jews are gathered back into their land. That Look what he said. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, but it is brought forth out of the nations and they shall dwell safely, all of them. So when Jerusalem was destroyed in A.D. 70, the city was destroyed, the temple was destroyed, and then uh, uh, just a very uh, short years after that, the Jew was totally expelled from the land of Israel. And so they were out of their country for almost 2,000 years, with an exception of just a handful. And the Ottoman Turks controlled Jerusalem uh, from about 1517 uh, to 1917 for 400 years. And then when General Allenby took the British army there to Jerusalem, he went to liberate it to take it away uh, from the Ottoman Turks, and they did. But let me say this, friend. We know that in 1948, on May the 14th, that the nation of Israel declared themselves a state again, and thus the nation of Israel was formed in 1948. 
So according to this text in, in chapter 38 here, this invasion could not have taken place prior to 1948. It has not taken place since 1948, which means that it is yet to take place. So it has to take place when they are gathered back in their land. Now let me say this. I do not believe. Now, now I, listen, none of us can say for a certainty exactly when this battle is, this invasion is. But we do know it's after Magog's preparation, after her rise to power. We do know that it'll be in the latter years, which I believe is after the rapture. We do know that it has to be when the Jews are gathered back into their land and they're in that very process right now. Okay, now here's why I do not believe that it happens before the rapture, the catching away of the church. We believe and we preach that the rapture is imminent. That means that the doctrine of the rapture, that means that the rapture could take place at any moment. Paul said, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul, he wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, when he was talking about the rapture, he said, Then we which are alive and remain uh, shall be called up together to meet the Lord in the air. Paul was looking for the rapture in his day. So the Bible does not teach. There is nothing. There are no signs for the rapture. There is nothing that has to be fulfilled in order for the rapture to take place. It is imminent. So if it wasn't imminent, if, the, if this invasion uh, has to take place before the rapture, then instead of looking for the coming of the Lord, we would be looking for Russia to go to Israel, amen, to march with these other nations into the land of Israel. But we know that's not what the Bible teaches. We're told, uh, friend, we're told to look for his appearing. Amen. We're told to look. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he, he is pure. And so we believe the doctrine is imminent. So I do not believe it takes place before the rapture. Now, there are some who believe that there is going to be a period of time from the rapture to the beginning of that 70th week. In other words, the 70th week does not begin, according to Daniel 9, until the Antichrist makes this covenant, this seven-year agreement with the nation of Israel. And so the, the making of that covenant is what starts the time clock back up on that prophecy there in Daniel 9 of 490 years. And so those final seven years is that 70th week of Daniel. And so there will be a, a period between the rapture and that making of that covenant. The, the, the seven years doesn't start just because of the rapture, but it begins with the signing of that covenant. Now, there's some Bible scholars who say that this will take place after the rapture, uh, but before that 70th week begins. Now, I, I don't know about that. There, there is a key indication in verse number 8 that tells us 
maybe when this is going to take place. The Bible said, talking about Israel, it said uh, that is brought back from the sword is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste. Now watch, but it is brought forth out of the nations and they shall dwell safely, all of them. In other words, Israel is pictured as being in a time period of safety. Look down in verse number 11. And thou shalt say, talking to, to Magog, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, having neither bars nor gates. Now we know that this could not be the last three and a half years of the tribulation period, the great tribulation, because the Jews will suffer uh, uh, terribly during that time and it will not be safe. But here's what I think. During when the Antichrist makes his agreement with the nation of Israel, he's going to, I believe, uh, with his European support and the kingdom that he has, he will guarantee the safety and the security of the nation of Israel. So for the first three and a half years, I believe there will be a somewhat safety zone or a safety period uh, somewhat for the Jewish people. And so I believe by the time you get near the middle of the tribulation period, somewhere in the latter part of that first three and a half years, I believe this is when this battle takes place. And I know immediately what somebody's going to say. They're going to say, well, preacher, in Ezekiel 39, uh, it says that they will burn uh, the, the, uh, the spoils of that battlefield for seven years as fuel. And if you've only got three and a half years of the tribulation period left, then what are you going to do about that seven-year period? Well, this is what I want to say to that. When the tribulation period is over, when Jesus comes back in Revelation 19 and sets up his kingdom age, remember, there will be people in natural bodies, both Jew and Gentile, that will be saved during the tribulation period, and they will survive the tribulation period, and they will be on the earth uh, to go into that kingdom age, and thus they will be the earthly people that will begin uh, this new kingdom age uh, after the second coming of Christ. And so as far as burning the fuel is concerned, as the tribulation period ends and the kingdom age gets started, a friend, those earthly people in that kingdom age in the beginning, are they're not going to be any different than the earthly people that were on the earth during the tribulation period. Matter of fact, be some of the same crowd. So I don't have a problem of seeing how that they could burn that, that uh, debris off the battlefield for seven years and that seven years going into the first part of that uh, kingdom age. There's no reason why that couldn't be. I hope you see that. Amen. So I think it's because of the fact that they're dwelling safely. That's a key point to me. So I think it takes place before the middle somewhere toward the latter part of the first three and a half years when Israel is dwelling safely, amen? And if you disagree with me at the timing of that, that's okay. 
like I said, I, I think it's literally impossible to say exactly when it's going to happen other than the fact that I believe it happens, I believe we can definitely say that it'll be after the rapture of the church. I believe we can definitely say that. It'll be after the, the rapture of the church and definitely it's got to be after that Israel has been brought back into their land and that took place, uh, friend, in the early 20th century and they're there now. Not a complete Bible fulfillment of it, but they're there. So some of this is definite and some of it's not. But we will all agree, whether we disagree on the timing of it or not, we will all agree, if, you, if you're somewhat of a Bible student, that it's going to happen, and it's going to happen just like God said it would. Amen? Just like he said it would. So look at the purpose of this invasion. In verse number 11, And thou shalt say, I will go, to the land of unwalled villages, I'll go to them that rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, having neither bars nor gates, to do what? To take a spoil. That's it, to take a spoil and to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. So the, the primary reason, humanly speaking, is to take a spoil. From the divine side, God is the one that's bringing them down that he might judge them. There is a divine purpose and there is a human purpose. And you know what's amazing to me is Russia is bankrupting herself right now in the battle of Ukraine. With all the nations of the world putting sanctions against Russia, it's going to bring her down in a state of poverty. They're bankrupting themselves doing this. So what's going on today would give Russia a greater incentive to go south to take a spoil. In other words, it gives Russia the incentive to try to regain power and strength and wealth by invading other countries, primarily the nation of Israel. And I don't have time to get into all of that, but all the ancient rulers knew that whoever controlled that portion of Israel, the Middle East there, it was a natural land bridge that linked Africa, Europe, and Asia together, and all the great of military leaders of the past that took armies out of Europe, a friend, uh, down into Egypt, uh, that away they all had to go through the land of Israel. And, and then you've got Iran there just to the east of Israel with the Persian Gulf, and, and we're talking about oil all the time, and, and the Strait of Hormuz, uh, which is located between Iran and Oman, uh, that, that strait there coming out of the Persian Gulf, uh, a friend, uh, most of the oil in the Middle East has to go through the Straits of Hormuz. And uh, for instance, in, 28, 20, in 2020, uh, 18 million barrels of oil a day went through that. So if Iran and Russia collaborated, in which they will, according to Ezekiel 38, uh, they can control primarily uh, the commerce of the Middle East uh, with the oil routes and all of that. And, and on and on we could go. I'm running out of time. But I just want you to see the purpose of their invasion. The Dead Sea has billions of dollars worth of minerals in it. And on and on we could go. But then notice, lastly, the outcome of this invasion. The Bible said in verse 16, And thou shalt 
come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be when in the latter days, and I'll bring thee. God says, I see, this is the sovereignty of God. God's going to do it. I will bring thee against my land. Why? That the heathen may know me. Listen, eight times in chapter 38 and 39, God says that the heathen may know me, that they may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O God, before their eyes. So God, in verse 21, he's going to call for a sword against them. Every man's sword, there's going to be mass confusion in that army. Uh, he's going to bring pestilence. He's going to bring uh, rain down blood and uh, hailstone and fire and brimstone. And he said, thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself and I will be known in the eyes of many nations and they shall know that I am the Lord. So in this invasion, uh, Magog, Russia, and all of her allies, they're going to come down against Israel and God's pulling them down there that he might judge them there. There's not going to be a battle between the Jew and this army, but God's going to take care of it, amen. God's going to do it. And then God will use this invasion and his destruction of them as a witness to the nation of Israel. Chapter 39 and verse 7. So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel. And you see that tri tribulation period is a time period that God prepares the hearts of the nation of Israel for the second coming of Christ. Well, I know there's a lot crammed in this, but uh, I'm so thankful that we have the word of God on it. And again, if you'd like a copy of this, you let me know. You can write to us at, uh, at uh, P.O. Box 312, Cornelia, Georgia, uh, 30531. You can call or text 706-968-1182. Go to my website, keithallisonministries.com. Until next time, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. 97.5 Glory FM is WGTJ Murrayville, Gainesville and W248DL Murrayville, Gainesville.